Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to series two of the Daniel Morgan murder. I'm Peter Jukes. I'm Devia Mir. And we'll be exploring new revelations from the book by Alistair and me and more of the story which no one thought could be told. Yeah, I'm I'm standing here in Hay, looking up the hill towards my mother's flat there on the right, and I'm just thinking this is the end of an era for me because I've been down here from London so many times over the last 25, 27 years. And I love this place, and uh, my mum's gone now, and it's sort of, you know, it's different. The place is different. Untold. The Daniel Morgan murder. Welcome to the last episode of this series of The Daniel Morgan murder. And today we're on location in Hay on Wye for a rather sad event. It's the funeral of Isabel Hulsman, Daniel Morgan's mother who died at the end of November after a long illness. And we'll be talking to various people in the town of Hay and Wye, where she lived for the last 27 years, and became quite a major figure. So let's head to the funeral in the church of Glazebury in mid-December, where the hills around are white and flurries of snow fall from the sky. So heading up to St. Peter's Church at Glazebury, and there's Daniel's memorial stone just outside the entrance to the church. Gold and black, it looks lovely. Inside the church for the funeral ceremony. And there are lots of local people in attendance because um, Isabel was known as Izzy locally and was quite a famous figure, as we'll hear in Hay on Why. There are lots of family members here, of course, as well, including Jane and Alistair and Isabel's surviving sister, the other two relatives, are in Canada. And there's also two police officers from the last Daniel Morgan murder inquiry, and indeed Baroness O'Lone, who's supervising the Daniel Morgan independent panel, and the great lawyer, Raju Bhatt, who's looked after the family's interests for nearly 20 years. The greatest test of my mother's resolve and endurance began in 1987 with a highly controversial murder of our brother Daniel.
So now we'll head back three miles or so back to Hay on Wye, where we'll celebrate Isabel's long life with a wake. There we'll talk to various people who knew her over the years and find out some more detail about this amazing character who managed to crusade for so long for justice for her son. My sister Isabel, there was a character. Sometimes when we were young girls, rather, in competition for the same boyfriend, his name was Reggie. He came from Yorkshire, and neither of us won the battle because uh, we were too young and he lived far away. Um, Isabel had a great sense of humour. She was very much a, a sort of outdoor girl. But um, Isabel, she was fun, but she was also quite acerbic, she could be. And uh, she always spoke her mind, which wasn't always particularly tactful. But she was, she was very funny, and most of all, I remember laughing with her. And we were very close in age. She was 14 months older than, than I. Yes, she was, she was a great character, and I think people in Hay on Why everyone knew her. The word that would describe her in my times is eccentric. Hi, I'm Helen. I'm the local police that works with Isabel. So she was basically part of my daily duty. I met her a couple of years ago. I think probably because I met Ada the dog. So we had that in common. But it ended up that basically we would have a cup of tea and every Thursday I would buy her a cake from the market. So we'd have a cup of tea and cake. This was actually police in business, I can assure you. Um, and we'd have chats about dogs and the past and um, everything. I don't know what I'm going to do with my day now because, yeah, she's a big part of my day. And she certainly made me laugh with some of her jokes and uh, some inappropriate jokes also. And gone are the days where she used to knock on the police station at four o'clock in the morning to have a cup of tea and a chat. Um, that was probably a daily duty. Or she'd go window shopping to look for clothes in the middle of the night. She was certainly a character. She will be very sadly missed by everyone in Hay. And it's going to be very strange um, and sad. But uh, she was a great person and I always remember her. I'm known as Mouse and Isabel always called me Mouse. I have spent the last two years with Isabel and I've had the most wonderful time because one of the things that I best remember about Izzy was her sense of fun and she was naughty and she got me and I got her and we had such a good time. Um, I used to come and stay in Hay every month or six weeks and she came to my house in Hazemere and stayed with me, she stayed for a month in March and she was very independent. She used to walk into Hazelmere and usually I'd get a call from the bank or a shop or somewhere else saying that Isabel had lost her purse or didn't remember her PIN number and I'd have to give her that. And the other thing I remember her for is her wonderful turn of phrase. She used to have, um, she used to do something called bad walkies which meant she'd been shopping, buying herself uh, things that perhaps she didn't think she ought to have. I am Isabel's great niece. So my granny was her sister. She um, she always seemed like she was af never afraid of anything, and I think all of the sisters were like that. We used to laugh a lot, and she always had a really great. She had a great sense of humour, and lots of stories of 
all the horrible things that she used to get up to when she was a child. Isabel Holzman. Yes. I'd heard about Isabel before I'd actually met her. Uh, she was called Mrs H by uh, John Hughes, who was the sergeant in, in Brecon. And I think uh, Alistair said in the eulogy that uh, she did used to frequent the police station two or three o'clock in the morning, stop for a cup of coffee and uh, give well-received intelligence. <laughs> she's, uh, she's led a very good life, but she has had uh, tragedy. I first met her in a pub when I was working behind the bar before I met her professionally as a nurse. She was a very eccentric character with a great personality, very friendly, very lively, always a time for everybody. I do miss her because she took up a great deal of my time, so I spent a lot of time talking to Isabel hour on hour when she wouldn't let me get out of the house. The first night I met her she told me all about it and I thought, hmm, I don't. I'd never heard of it. And after after I, I went and I dropped her off, she was living up in Cusip at the time in a bed and breakfast. And I went from where I was working and drove her up there because I felt a bit sorry for having to walk all that way. She told me all about it and I thought, oh, she must have made that up. And when I went back and I looked it up online and I could see it was a true story. And, and she came back a couple of weeks later and told me more about it. I wasn't in touch with her when, no, I had no part in that. In fact, I think it was a good thing that I didn't have that. We didn't have that in common because it meant that we never had to visit that part of her life. And I think that was quite a healthy thing. We had a different relationship. But I think that that ultimately caused huge stress and strain and probably led to her paranoia, which she suffered from uh, in, the, in the later stages of her life. Well, the thing is, because we're that one step removed, it meant that we weren't necessarily completely wrapped up with the whole Daniel issue. Although, of course, that was always there, it meant that there was this other section of the family that she could enjoy, and it wasn't just a constant battle or reminder or, you know, whatever it was. It completely ruined her life, and it influenced everything... I think it influenced pretty much her whole outlook. It definitely tormented her, which was really sad to watch. Obviously, really heartbreaking that she died before there was any resolution. Because she was so plagued by it, I'd hope that the time we spent together slightly managed to lift her out of that sometimes. The way I met Isabel was through a, a very good friend of mine when he said to me that he knew a lady called Isabel whose um, son had been murdered and there was an involvement of the police. He expected that to shock me, I think, but obviously it didn't. An unusual case, I grant you, but uh, nonetheless I wasn't shocked because I'd already served a number of years in the Metropolitan Police and I knew some of the antics that do go on. So. After a little while, I was introduced to Isabel, lovely lady, feisty lady, a very strong character, and we hit it off right from the off. Uh, she told me about the case, she showed me paperwork, and it didn't phase me at all. And I think, possibly, I was one of the first policemen that she'd spoken to that believed what she said, but certainly didn't dismiss her out of hand. And 
as of that time, we got on like a house on fire. Well, I was uh, posted to Kentish Town Police Station and uh, the detective chief inspector there was John Stevens, who later went on to be the commissioner of the Metropolitan Police. Obviously, he has quite a role to play in the Daniel Morgan murder. The other guy I knew was Dave Cook, and Dave was a young detective there at the time, as I was, and uh, a very good cop. Eventually, I was introduced to Alistair and met with Alistair, and we discussed the case. And again, similarly, we hit it off. I didn't dismiss Alistair's story out of hand. I was very interested to hear more, and Alistair was keen to tell me of the things that he'd learned over those years. Obviously, that was back in the 90s, uh, mid-90s. So a lot has happened since then and a lot more has been revealed and uh, we're a lot wiser as to what went on. She was feisty, she um, didn't take um, fools gladly, uh, she was a really lovely lady. She was so well known in this community of Hay on Wye. My children adored her, uh, we went to see her on a regular basis. Uh, as a friend, not just to talk about the case, but invariably the case would come up. Uh, that was Isabel, and she would never let go. And I hope for the memory of Isabel that this is once and for all resolved. Isabel was fearless. She would confront anyone, despite their physical size or professional ranking. So whether it was someone behaviour on the streets she disapproved of, she would go and confront them and tell them and ask what their mother would think if they knew. From the most senior politicians, police commissioners to the home secretaries, she would just stop a meeting and say, why are you lying to us? Do you think we're fools? Yeah, she was absolutely fearless. Yeah, it's going to be really strange because for so long in the campaign for justice for Daniel, it was Alistair and Isabel against the world. And now Isabel's not there. And so much of what Alistair has done in this campaign was as much for his mother as for anything. When I first met you over 20 years ago now, it was all about getting convictions so that Isabel could enjoy a retirement without this hanging over her. And for the last five, ten years, it's been all about, we've got to get this sorted out, there has to be some sort of accountability before she dies. And now, of course, she has died just before we will hopefully get the answers we've been waiting for all those years. I've always thought at the very least what the panel would do is make it what the family's always been saying officially true. In that way, it'd be like the Hillsborough panel report, because those families knew this stuff. Most of it was already in parliamentary archives, but for some reason, that message never got through to the public. So at the very least, it would do is pull everything that we already know together, but it will be undeniable. But increasingly, over the last six months or so, I've come to the view that I think, or at least I'm cautiously optimistic, that it will do much more than that. There really is an awful lot of new detail that's going to come out that we didn't know before, and some of that really is quite shocking.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Alistair, we're now the day after the funeral and you gave this wonderful eulogy to your mother. One bit that made muse me and made me think of her character and your character in a slightly different way yeah. was her attitude to the local police and we spoke to some of them. Yeah, Do you yeah. remember that? Well, mum was pretty nocturnal. I mean, she'd, she'd sort of get up about three in the afternoon and, and then often at night she would walk round the town with her little dog. She'd take her dog out for a walk and when it was all quiet in the middle of the night. And uh, while she was doing this, if she saw any kinds of what she described as oafish behaviour, she used to confront people. And uh, one time she confronted one local, um, uh, should we say a local bad boy, and he threatened to kill her. And she... She then reported him to the police for his threatening behaviour and went to court. And uh, this guy used to have... This guy was well-connected, this this uh, bad boy. And one of his, I think, relatives was a barrister in London. And they also, the family always used to get the London barrister down to defend this uh, fella. But he was no match for my mum, apparently, in the witness box. This, this barrister, she saw him off very quickly. And the guy got... Um, 300 hours community service but it didn't it didn't teach him a lesson because again I've only heard this but he's now in strange ways uh, prison in Manchester for possessing uh, semi-automatic weapons but she was you know she she was fearless in confronting uh, uh, people if she thought they were up to no good almost you know when she was going around the um, round the town she'd pop into the police station and have a chat with the local constabulary and have a cup of coffee with them at night you know 
So all the all the local police knew her. And uh, in fact, Jane told me a couple of days ago that mum was saying to her, you know, she was you very close near the end and that she'd said if she'd had her time again she would have liked to have been a police dog handler <laughs> so the 30-year history of disappointment police corruption and your sort of petition and campaign against police corruption it's not from an anti-police no 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 not at all i mean my my uh, position on this is that well in a way it's like the robert peel uh, thing the the public are the police and the police are the public, and that that should be a close trusting relationship. And my fear throughout this whole business has been that this has been undermined. It's being undermined by corruption and and uh, that it, you know compromising our police and our you know I, I police do a hard job and they should be we should respect them and they should respect us. You know. And and once that relationship starts to erode, then you you get problems. You get the rule of law compromised, which yeah, kind of absolutely. holds us together. On that, we can, in this last episode of this second series of Untold, reveal a bit of detail that has not been public before. And you discovered this after um, around about the collapse of the trial through yeah. Christine, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, this is about Jimmy Cook, who was alleged to be the getaway driver on the night of the murder. Now, something rather extraordinary happened during the trial, I believe. Yeah, that that was that at some point where Jimmy Cook felt that he um, was in a really bad position, he decided that he would change his plea to, I don't know the exact details of what he was going to say, but that he was there and he didn't know they were going to kill Daniel and that he would, he would plead guilty to a lesser charge. So just to be clear on that, yeah. he was going to plead guilty to something like GBH, that they were going to threaten Daniel, he turned up on that basis. Yeah. And then it became a murder and he did Yeah, know. yeah. That, that was roughly the, the, the story, I believe. Which is an extraordinary omission yeah, because yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it incriminates all the, incriminated all the other uh, people. It would have. But then the Crown Prosecution Service, we discovered later, had decided that this was a self-serving plea. They didn't basically didn't believe him. And so... Um, so it's, know, it's it, murky it, it, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the trial collapsed. Ultimately, it collapsed, yeah. So the interesting thing is now, I mean, and obviously with your mother's funeral yesterday, looking back over the whole 30 years, that there are still many mysterious details, yes? Yeah, but, oh yeah. But, but do you feel that, and so, some tribute to your mother as well, that the substantial kind of picture is known that you oh, yeah, are much nearer? Yeah, in, yes, I do. I hope so, anyway. I do hope so. But I feel, one of the things that I feel is that this, there still remains a lot of outstanding issues, you know, about how the police... Uh, senior police officers, their dealings with ministers and parliament and all that. It's all very, and in fact, you know, with the Leveson inquiry, there are a lot of things which I still find very, very worrying, which are not, have not been uh, dealt with. And, um, you know, I don't know how uh, this is going to be dealt with. I don't know how the panel's going to deal with it yet. And, uh, you know, we're waiting for the report. But I feel that this case has really, really damaged policing, you know, in, in the Met. And 
you know, I don't think that the police are in a position where they can say, oh yeah, that was then, this is there, this is now, we moved on, the Met's a different place, all the usual kind of stuff, because that's not, as far as I'm concerned, that's not good enough, and that there are, as I said, serious issues, which I, some of which I can't talk about in, this, in, in my position today, for legal reasons, but they'll have to be dealt with. And another thing I think, what I've been thinking about for, for some time, is that I, because of my experience, in all over all these years I want to do something to stop this rot if you like and I'm thinking about starting a some kind of a foundation for a new covenant between the police and the public because I one thing I think is that they, we keep having these historical miscarriages of justice keep coming up again and again the, we're now the Birmingham 6 case is still causing a lot of anguish to many many people the Birmingham 6 case which was the three, yeah, six. from the from the 19s I think it was the late 60s or early 70s mid 70s wasn't it, wasn't it? With the Birmingham pub bombings the Birmingham, Birmingham pub bombings yeah uh, yeah, and all of the victims of those pub bombings have had no justice. The the people who the who the police arrested for it, they had. I mean, that was a terrible, awful case. There's been no justice there, and I feel that the, that the British police cannot simply are not in a position to go on and on doing this kind of thing without public trust finally collapsing, or where they get in a position where where they think we don't care anymore what you think about us because it, you know we don't care what you think about us we're the police we do what we like and once you've got to that position then we're in a, as it, as we say in a very very bad way so in a way you want to set up a daniel morgan foundation yeah, yeah, or a daniel yeah. morgan trust yeah daniel morgan foundation something along those lines and i'm exploring and thinking about the possibilities and how to do it and and all of that you know? and that's to restore trust between yeah, the police yeah, and yeah. the police that's what i want to do i want to do that yeah so another positive memorial absolutely to absolutely memory. yeah well, we'll have more news on that when that comes in. And obviously next year, sometime we think around autumn, yeah. we'll have an update on uh, the panel report. Yeah, yeah. And uh, our book, we'll be updating our book. Our book, the second edition yeah. of the book. Meanwhile, at this juncture, on this cold, uh, we're still in Hawaii and it's still snowy. Though the snow's melting from the rooftops yeah. as far as I can see now. Is there any passing thought you'd like to give all those listeners over the two series, just something for them to think over until we can update them. What was the thought that came across you when you were sat in? The, were you standing in that church? What was your thought? Well, you know, it was. I mean, it was. A, it was. A, it was a very sad day. You know, I mean, my mother is gone, but, but, you know, I mean, her fighting spirit. You know, I think we've inherited this from her, both my sister and me. And um, yeah, it was a sad. It was a very sad day for me. Um, you latched onto one word in your. Oh yeah, uh, uh, my mother's. I said I was thinking if if I had to s summarize my mother's character in a single word, it would be combative. I mean, yeah, she was extremely combative, and um, she would con confront any kind of uh, what she thought was bad behaviour, corruption, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, that was her. That was my mum. And that legacy lives on in her children. Yeah, yeah, it does. I hope. Yeah. Thanks, Episode ten was produced by Peter Dukes and Devi Amir. 
Music by Shemeli Mir. A Flame Flower. Duende Production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.